1: The comic Book Nation's The Pool List, where we talk about all things comics all the time. We've got a ton to get to today, and I am joined by an amazing team of Kofi Outlaw and Jim Fiscardi. I am Matt Aguilar, and uh, let's get to it. Not any preamble here. Let's just roll into it, because we've got a lot of things to get to. Uh, we're going to start with Batman, number uh, 140. And uh, for those who have followed Comic Book Nation over the last, what, year and a half, probably two years, we've talked a lot about Chip Zdarsky uh, and his Batman run uh, from actually from even before that with Batman the night and now into his core Batman run and this is kind of the next big chapter after Gotham War starting picking up all the fail-safe things off the Zurin R all of those little plot threads are all kind of culminating into one big event in mind bomb and I guess the the way I want to frame it here uh, kind of moving forward is like at this point we've seen what three arcs four arcs this is like the fourth major arc and then gotham war so between all of those and now that we're seeing how all those plans are progressing if we look ahead and go if he nails the landing is this chip Zdarsky run of batman going to be kind of one of those you know must-have collections in like five years where everyone's pointing back to that that kind of all-time great Batman set because it's an impressive list of Batman of all the characters. I think Batman and Spider Man probably have the longest list of great runs.
2: Yeah, but
1: you know, what do you guys think of that? Do you think that's possible? How you liking the story so far? Would you where do you like it going from here?
3: Um, I think that we're kind of it'll be up there in runs. I don't know about greatest of all time. I think we've had some pretty odd landings to a lot of the stories that we've had. Like a lot of them feel like they go in a certain way, then we kind of have these like quick kind of cuts to other things but um as you said this issue kind of impressively pulls things together because I think the night was this very complete kind of origin story of Batman we haven't gotten before and that was kind of probably the best shaped story arc we've gotten from Zdarsky um mm-hmm. but um yeah this issue impressively pulls together as you said everything that we've kind of gone through it, it begins to kind of Coalesce into one thing in this issue. Uh, all the stuff from <laughs> Failsafe comes back around from Batman's Weird kind of multiversal journey in the Batman of Gotham kind of goes around. The stuff with Joker that's been building up over the last couple of years as Joker's run rampant and done all kinds of maniacal stuff in Gotham City and beyond. So it kind of is all, and of course, the Batman of Zen or, uh, who's been like uh, Zer and R. Zer I can't stand. I just call it Zur. OK, that's all <laughs> I'm going with. So Zur, the Batman, you know, the Zer Batman has been this kind of onslaught thing building in the background for a long time. And so when he brought that back, even we were all like there were a lot of things that Chip Zdarsky kind of pulled on that we were like, OK, I guess, you know, that's mm-hmm. kind of weird. But, you know, sure. Uh, but it's kind of interesting to see it coming together in this and it's at least interesting to see Bruce Wayne having to basically take on himself as a villain but i think joker was just more a device in this and it's about what's going on as batman's because all of this is just in immediate action like physically he is chasing joker mm-hmm. while internally this other thing is happening
2: for me this feels like the like the real start of chips run i liked the arc before this but this feels like where like, it finally feels like zip or zip chip finally is kind of like setting up like, okay, like this is what I really want. Like my Batman run to kind of look like, right. Cause I think if, when you consider it to like all time Batman runs, I even like, just look at some two more recent ones where like, I liked Tom King's Batman run, but I don't think it's like an all time, you know, maybe you put it up there, but I think like as a, for a more recent one to kind of compare it against, I like, compare it to the things that like Z- uh, Scott Snyder gave us with his run right? Like there's a lot, there's a lot there that you could feel even at the time was going to be stuff that was going to stick with the Batman mythos for like for a while, right? Like Court of Owls, I think is a is a, a great example of that. Um, and, uh, you know, a number of the other things he did there. And so that said, right, like I, this is the most, I guess, Batman book as far as like having greater implications on the world of Batman and all of that, that I think we've gotten kind of in a while. And, and because of that, like I'm, I'm excited, it, it, but to me right now, like chips, Batman pales to how I felt his daredevil run went. Yeah. Um, which I know like they are two different characters uh, and it's two different kind of things, but like, I loved what chip was doing there, even from an emotional standpoint, from plotting out action and stuff like that. And so I just don't, I just don't feel like it, it, has clicked as much yet. Yeah. I think,
3: at least. I think his run has been like a mix of Scott Snyder and Grant Morrison in some kind of weird ways. And I feel mm-hmm. like it falls somewhere between those two. Um, but I think there's a couple things. I think that Batman, the Knight is still mm-hmm. one of the best single story arcs of Batman. I've read in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think somebody needs to make that a series on max. <laughs> like, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and Tom King has, I think, while you know, just kind of referencing his run. I still think he had some of the best single issues of Batman I've ever read in years. Right. Um, Like the Alfred Memorial one, stuff like that and city of Bane and all that. But um, I think you're right. I think this is kind of an interesting start to where Chip Zdarsky might be able to dig in. And I like that low key, what this is kind of doing is it's really kind of examining Batman, comic book Batman versus like, the darker edgier Batman Mm -hmm. that people have said they've wanted in society because that's essentially what his Zer is. Right. It's just edgelord Batman (laughs) at all times. (laughs) And now he's like edgelord Batman in a cyborg body. So it's like this is so it's kind of a twisted Batman beyond almost like and now we're going to go see somebody who has the capability of full time Mm Batmanning and it's just like, what does that look like versus like what Bruce Wayne is doing? And I think he's, I think Chip Zdarsky is less interested in Batman as he is Bruce Wayne. Sure. And I think at the core of this, and I even notice this like when I'm writing about it, I stop calling him Batman when I'm writing about it. And I start just, I mean, just for differentiation's sake, when you're trying to read about this stuff, otherwise your brain will melt, I just start calling him Bruce a lot. Like, and that's kind of what it does though. Like, even in this issue, you feel like we're getting back to Bruce and Mm -hmm. like who Bruce is and like how he looks at batman and i feel like we could come out of this with a very different outlook for who batman sees himself as right and what kind of batman he's trying to be and i'm interested in that
1: mm-hmm. for sure well i'm very glad you guys uh uh sounded so great on it and i wish you could have heard that amazing discussion but i will go back <laughs> and listen to it later oh wait and did we lose you things you said we may have bit okay um, it's it it's amazing. But uh no, for um me, I will say that I think I mean there's there's a lot of Batman stories that rank pretty high up top for me. Um, this one just because of all the way the ideas are coming together and how everything is weaving between each other and having an actual effect on the Bat family and the and Gotham, things like that, I just it's it's a real run and it's stick. The landing, I think it will be one of the the top Batman runs moving forward because of all the work they've done. To as Kofi was just alluding to all the stuff, just like Bruce and Batman as like separate entities, and and what all that means, and and all that stuff. What Batman is really his own worst enemy in so many different ways. I don't. I'd I also like to
2: say it's it, impressive. It is great to see Jorge Jimenez back in top form. <sighs> um, I was not the biggest fan of the stuff he did recently on nemesis but man uh, the but like seeing him do batman stuff is just always a freaking high gorgeous
1: yeah it's and seeing all the like during hard variations yeah and, and what he puts to those it's fantastic um kofi did you want to add anything
3: or no, or I did, I did a did. whole diatribe. I think I got it all out. If you listen back, like <laughs> yeah, I got go a whole thing
1: out
3: I got it all out. I'm good. Yeah, uh, I'm good. <laughs> I went back to Tom King. I, I, I went. Uh, I did it all. Don't worry about it, buddy. I got it. I got it <laughs> I did the thing. You can move on.
1: Uh, let's yeah. Let's move to Amazing Spider-Man 39, which um, we had talked about First Strike, which was kind of like a prologue, Amazing Spider-Man thing or offense. And it, it did the, the job it needed to do. It, it set up everything, showed who all the players were, and also told a fun and, and story also setting up all those foundational blocks. But this one kind of hits the ground running, and I feel like if you read that first, right, like for me, I was was raring to go when like this book hit. I cruised through it. This. Uh, this was so fun, and I just it's bringing back this like classic. Spidey vibe that I've been missing for so long. It just it takes me back all the way to like grade school when I first discovered Spider Man. And it's just that feeling of like seeing all the other characters interact with him. I genuinely laughed out loud at several points. So the She Hulk Spidey stuff is fantastic. There's a whole back and forth when, like, are you standing by me? He's like, no. And he's like, if you are standing by me. There's a whole back and forth. It's like classic stuff that I actually kind of hope to see on the you know, MCU screen one day. I hope they we get to see that replicated, but uh, I just think this is hitting all the right notes and it's uh, I don't know. I just think there's just this vibe that's like X Factor that I can't really describe. Also, I will say, I know me and Jim get into it a lot of times on Ramita <laughs> uh, back and forth. I think this is the best Ramita artwork I have seen. In some time, this was fantastic. How ye of little faith, right? Like I look. Man, is a legend for a like reason. <laughs> Sometimes, not for me, but this book, that like montage of, well, actually, all, all the action scenes in this are are great, but like the montage of all the heroes sitting on the rooftop, that's beautiful. That is quintessential. <laughs> Ramita is fantastic. So yeah, it's just bringing the good vibes for me and, and I hope it does the same for other people. But what about you? What'd you guys think?
2: I think for me, I don't know what it is, um, about like Marvel street hero level stuff that just never really clicks with me. Jeez.
1: <laughs> I, uh, That's not where I thought that was going.
2: <laughs> I like, I like Spidey stuff when it's like, kind of bit like, look, and I, I get it, right? Like, I, I know, whatever. But I, I like it when it's like, kind of a bit wackier and zanier uh, oh in my, my in my Spider-Man. Um, but, uh, it, and so like, like for that reason, like, I'm probably not going to be reading many of the tie-ins and I'm sure I'll be, I'll miss <sighs> a, a bunch of stuff there, but um, Jimmy. as far <laughs> As far as the, as far as this is concerned, like look, I've been a, I've been a huge fan uh, of this run, and I think this, I think Zeb does um, so much in in his dial, like just his Spider Man dialogue is just is phenomenal, um, and I like I'm I'm in it for this, but like this is one of those things where like I'll probably read it a, a little bit faster just because. You know, there's parts of it I just won't care about.
3: Wow. Okay. (laughs) Um, everybody has freedom to have a take, and that is a take. Uh, I think I was kind of unabashedly clear on when we started Gang War that I am absolutely in the opposite pond as Jim here. Like, (laughs) I think this started as a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man and all the classic stories were kind of street level stories. And yeah, all this Spider-Man beyond and beyond the Spider-Verse and all this stuff they've done with all this crazy stuff. I just I can't stand it. So this to me has been, again, like we were saying, was a Darski just beginning Batman. This feels like Zed Wells finally getting to do less cleaning up the mess of Spider-Man and actually doing what he wants to do with Spider-Man and how he envisions Spider-Man. As both the street level hero and this kind of, you know, Spider-Man's always been paired with other heroes Mm -hmm. since the beginning. Like, they've made whole things out of it, right? Um, And it's because he's good when he's bouncing off somebody. Uh, As we said with She-Hulk in this issue and him kind of of crouching behind She-Hulk as, you know, the powerhouse leader and her being like, yo, (laughs) dude, like, what are you doing? He's like, "Uh, I'm good. Um, But, yeah, this issue... Like, first of all, to get Zeb Wells in, like, with a classic team, you're talking about classic feel. Scott Hanna and John Romita Jr., anybody in the 90s mm. Spider-Man fan, like, this is this is as classic as you can get without throwing Mark Bagley, like, behind this, right? So, I liked what Romita did here. Like, he captures what we loved about gang war, like, the, the gangland underworld tone of it. There's a lot of great gangster scenes in this. <laughs> tombstone alone has never been more interesting to me than you know tombstone and and kind of like this issue and i haven't kept up but just seeing the drama with him and joe robertson at least that sounds interesting to me um and their kids and all that and so yeah this was good and like you said it hits the ground running and it and it made me a firm believer that this is going to be a good and well-designed crossover because the premise is simple. We go at every issue and they're just like, look out the window. <laughs> Everything's burning. Like all these <laughs> gangs are going at it and we can jump scenes. Yep. We have like good, and we're using street level villains. It's not just the heroes. It's street level villains that don't really get a shine. Like when's the last time you've been concerned about
2: Hammerhead? Well, and I, like, you don't need, to, no one needs to care about Hammerhead.
3: But, you, but, that's, the, but that's the brilliance. You forget. <laughs> that, what? But you got to remember like, In that period of the 70s, like Marvel, like because the streets were burning in like New York and beyond, like Marvel did get deep into that gritty kind of street level stuff where Mm -hmm. these were kind of major characters, the gangs and the mobs of New York and all of that stuff. And so these were great characters and it's. It's yeah, they're kind of generic cheesy, but like now they're being used in interesting ways. Like I'm concerned about how much hammer blood <laughs> hammerhead is losing on the floor as Madame oh Mask God. is dry dragging him. Madam Mask is more terrifying than Madame Mask has yeah. ever been to me because I don't even know what she's doing. She just has a room full of hostage people and something terrible is happening in there. And I'm like, wow, this is getting kind of crazy. So there's edge, there's darkness, there's stakes. The gangsters are kind of interesting characters for the mm-hmm. first time in a long time. And is, like you said, the street level heroes and their kind of their chemistry—it it has been interesting so far. So mm. I'm kind of looking forward to this. I like the Luke Cage tie-in, and it's just something that yeah, it's good. Dude. The central premise is easy enough to build out from, and I'm digging
2: it. I mean, no one throws a punch like John Ramita Jr. Like, which is I think like just one of the best aspects of Johnny's
1: art. I mean, in this. I got to give him credit for that scene that Kofi was like referencing, like the bringing hammerhead downstairs. If you describe it like in a script does not do like that scene for him to pull that out of like <laughs> yeah. dude's head is banging off of stairs, blood's <laughs> everywhere. He's mumbling stuff. The, the moment where we go into the doorway and he sees things like there's so much drama yeah. in that one page. It's fantastic. I just, uh, I got to give him credit. Look, I will be the first to, to say like, I have, you know, had issues sometimes with, with artwork in the past, but like this, this book was fantastic. Can't, Crime can't on,
3: master and like. ring master are like <laughs> spotlight villains in this. That's wild.
1: Yeah. Like who can Was the last time someone cared about the beetle? <laughs> right, you know I mean? and the Beatles now like a
3: major cool player. Like, yeah, this is, yeah, yo. If cardiac shows up in this, Matt's gonna be, <laughs> it's, it's oh my god, Matt. it's gonna be, how Matt's, is he not, not running the, the medical sector? Yeah, like, there's got how is be... that not a thing? What if he's protecting, like, what if he ends up protecting the hospital? Like, yeah, cardiac, see, That'd be... see. That'd be... That happens, man. You're back on the same page. If anybody's listening, if any comic creators, you guys have time, you can fit in some surprises (laughs) to this gang (laughs) war thing. Matt, would very much like a cardiac appearance, Uh, that would set that cardiac
1: one shot is coming, baby.
3: I set his year on fire. So no, I mean, I mean, this is the (sighs) most. This is like the Spidey story I've been most interested in in years. Like, Mm. and I think when this gets collected as a trade, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun one. Like, Yeah, agreed.
1: And also, I love how, you know, it weaves into the story of, hey, we all got to go separate directions like that ties right into the Spider Woman series that ties into the Miles series like they're doing. It feels uh, Daredevil, her going to Hell's Kitchen, right? It feels very organic in that way. And so that's probably one of the more organic tie ins premises that you've had recently where you can go into all those other things and they feel justified and not just like oh i tacked on another story they're just taking on other parts of the city
3: and it's simple and it's um, simple to follow like every hero goes to a place that you know they're from harlem hell's kitchen you know queens whatever there's a gang it was some people we haven't seen before and hopefully they're fun Mm -hmm. um and i hope the mcu does is doing this because i feel like there's a part of the mcu that could be kind of doing something similar to this starting with like daredevil Going into things like Ironheart with the hood and all of that. And I hope we get something similar like this. Something mm-hmm. where like New York is a little bit more dangerous. There's all these different gangs and heroes have something to do on like a smaller street level scale. I know, Jim, they won't be going through the multiverse. <laughs> I, don't need going, I don't
2: need them going through the multiverse. I just I like the more colorful Spider-Man villains and like all of the street level ones just never... Uh,
1: it's the never really Beetle and Ringmaster. How much more colorful? Do I you mean? Yeah, but no, but like those are those are jobbers. They're jobbers.
2: Yeah, but they're <laughs> colorful,
3: <laughs> dude. I mean, Hobgoblin, Green Goblin, two are like the greatest villain kind of unfoldings ever. Like, are still. Arguably, more like street level villains uh, than they are. I like, see, I don't think so. But they're no, yes, because they are not like taking over the world. Uh, uh, they're fi- going okay. after Spider-Man, and, sure. and doing it. And it's a battle where they're flying through New York streets and and right, you know, doing knocking people off. Right. Okay, like
1: what villain are you talking about? What do you mean, colorful? Like, like which villain you like? would you? Oh, like, I mean,
2: like, I, I mean, like I love. I mean, look, I love the I love Spidey's classic rogues' gallery. Right, like like I, I love Craven. I love Vulture you know, Doc Ock, all like all those guys, right? Like who are a bit more uh, eccentric and I guess have had opportunities to have stories that brought a bit of gravitas. Look, maybe this is going to be the event that brings the gravitas to some of these jobbers, but I don't, I don't have my hopes up. Bro, Madam Mask, Doc Ock was here technically. And like. Madam Mask has always been great. Tombstone. I just, I, I've never, Tombstone has always been, he's never been a true threat to me, as far as Spider-Man. Well, teacher.
3: I think now we got, like, Black Tombstone is different, because this Tombstone feels like this Black Tombstone, <laughs> like, for real. Like, that's just real. Like, I read this, and I was like, oh, I never really thought of Tombstone being, I always thought of him being, like, an Italian guy. Like, I never yeah. thought of him being a Black dude, but now I'm like, yeah, clearly Black dude, so
1: oh, I like Black Tombstone, <laughs> I'm here right. for
3: it. like,
1: yeah. So uh we got a we got a bunch of books in the rapid rapid fire here. So let's knock some of those out. Uh Transformers number three. This was a huge week in comics. Transformers number three hit. I know Jim is reading it in the studio. What'd you think? I think this is setting up Transformers. There's an
3: interesting thing that this is doing that we've never seen before. And I think we were circling it for the first couple issues. Is this one takes the essential premise that if these machines were real, it <laughs> would be terrifying.
2: Yeah.
3: And like, I, I never really considered that before because we're all like 80s kids, like, oh man, look at that car change. And we're like, hey, that's great. But no, if these were real, that would be terrifying. Just like AI, like right. we think like Terminators and stuff. Like, yeah, that'd be terrifying. If Decepticons were, and you couldn't be sure if a vehicle would suddenly turn around and start like annihilating you. Like, and they capture that so well. I this. never
2: expected to consider Transformers an almost like on the borderline horror kind yeah. of book. And, and it is like it is. I mean, shoot, Optimus like literally rips his arm off in this, and they're just like poor cliff jumper man. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. That's what I mean. And so, like, although there, there is a there is a little bit of a weird um, uh, continuity s as- aspect to this thing, where like um, Optimus rips his arm off, and then like when he transforms back into the truck, like shouldn't like a big chunk of his truck form be missing? And that's just that's a nitpick but this is one of those things where oh, way to be one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Jim. No, I know. Uh, no, but like, no, no, no. this, this is a, we will say this time and time again. And I was telling Matt this earlier. I apparently only find myself uh, on episodes of the pull list when transformers is out, which is great. Um, it, it, this is a book that is way more action thriller with, like I said, ver- with like horror tinges on it with like, just kind of almost the grotesque. of, of the violence in this right like we've said over and over again like this is a violent book uh but it's almost a little bit more okay because it's i guess robot violence and so we're fine um it just becomes a compelling read with every issue uh and that is just the mark for me of like that's what makes comics so great right like you want to read the next issue, uh, at, at the end of this, um, it's going to spark discussion from, you know, in between the, the weight of it all and it's setting up right. Like this larger, you know, energon universe in a way that I would say probably some folks were skeptical of and now aren't because I think like, the proof is the proof is in the pages. It's, it's there. And it's yeah.
1: just also it's brought fun. us full circle with that deer moment. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <We> called <laughs> back. All
3: right. All right. Really I,
1: can't,
3: I can't remember. In the original G1, is Spike paralyzed in that? I don't. I don't. I can't remember. Is there a version of Spike that oh, was in I a wheelchair? I can't remember.
1: Anyway. I don't remember. Uh moving into Birds of Prey number four. I know Kofi wanted to touch on this because we get a big battle here that we've been kind of anticipating.
3: Oh yeah. I mean, uh people have been picking up behind the scenes. I don't want to spoil any surprises in comic book, but like people are picking up behind the scenes that Kelly Thompson's really cooking in this book and <laughs> Still, like one of my favorite books. Every month, every time I get so happy every time this comes out. Um, again, the artwork is so good. The I love the kind of throwback look of it. But yeah, this one is on Themiscara and Wonder Woman is involved, and they got to take on Wonder Woman. And it was about what I what I love and expected it would be mm-hmm. from all those different characters and their encounters with Wonder Woman from a Wonder Woman big Barda fight that I didn't know I really wanted to see that bad um, <laughs> to just like more, you know, seeing Cassandra Kane and all, and all of this, this collection of characters is so good. The dialogue is so good and just like, it's a perfect mix of like drama gravitas and comedy. And yeah, I, I like this more, more so than we've seen kind of that weird kind of throwback, like all the rogues, series that we read and Mm -hmm. all those different things that we've seen of kind of these ragtag odd teams that they've been doing ever since the Suicide Squad movie came out. But this one has been like one of the best. Yeah. yeah,
1: For sure. Um, I'm going to roll through mine real quick. Uh, Blue Beetle number four is fantastic. A lot like Jim talks about Transformers every month. Uh, I talk about Blue Beetle, but it's one of those things where like you'll go from this big action set piece, which is gorgeous, to two people just like having a date or the kind of almost like romantic comedy vibes. And it, it just goes between those two sc- like elements. So effortlessly, it's, it's really impressive. And it's just such a fun book. Uh, the, the Jaime and um, I don't want to mispronounce the name. Cause it's like in an alien language and I feel like I'm always going to, but Uli uh, from the horizon have this back and forth conversation. It's got some like deep, meaningful things. And then also it's like, it's also kind of a date and it does all the awkwardness of that. It's it's fantastic. Uh, also perfect for the Christmas season. Batman Santa Claus Silent Night number 1 uh with that beautiful Dan Mora cover. I I I love the Grant Morrison Dan Mora Claus books mm-hmm. that used to happen every year. I don't think we're getting one this year yeah, but like so. those that typically happened annually. I'm a huge fan. So when we kind of did this it's not the same universe but like this claws batman crossover i was immediately in and it's so fun and like zatanna and magic's in the mix but you're getting all these like old tales of claws and batman and how they actually had adventures together it's just so (laughs) fun and perfect for the holidays and it's also a weekly series that's coming out uh, throughout the rest of the month so uh I, I can't recommend that more. Uh Jim the Sentry. I know the Sentry is one of your favorite characters. <laughs> I do love what did this. you think? Uh man, I This is a weird start for
2: for for the series. Uh like I the, the premise being, you know, Century's powers seemingly have kind of scattered to a bunch of individuals, um, and you know, and we'll, we'll kind of see what what happens from there. I did not expect this book basically to be um a, a Misty Night Jessica Jones book for almost two thirds of it, <laughs> which is like, which is not bad. I like those characters. Um, it just for a first issue, I don't think set up enough of the why of like hmm. the, the the century question. And and like, I'm all here for the premise. I just don't really fully understand the why of it. And I think for a first issue, you need to do a better job of doing that. And then by the time you get to the end, I mean, it basically, it basically feels like you get a, a Homelander-esque kind of uh, character at the end. Uh, You know, of course, one of the people getting the century's powers is going to be, a, a, you know, not nice person and uh it 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 just it i don't know maybe because it's recency bias of the boys being so pervasive in in pop culture right now just had a lot of very like like then homelander vibes that i don't i don't know if i need to see again so we'll see okay we're never gonna admit that this character should have just never been put in marvel (laughs) ever (laughs) oh i was gonna like ever what What's 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 your beef with Century?
3: I feel like I got man I feel like the whole world got Mandela'd and we just <laughs> came back to this timeline in the sentry like his story. And I think it's just like some cosmic joke that some larger person played on us all it was just like, I'm gonna tell him what it is. They'll just never believe it because I'm gonna put it in this comic character. But like, yeah, we all got retconned and then we started reading these Marvel comics where they just like somehow there was a Superman in Marvel we never knew about.
2: Well, like- I Sure. I mean, like the introduction of the character of century aside, like I, I think some of the best century stories are like involve the void and we don't have the void here either, to, you know, in this first issue too. Right. And I think, you know, I, maybe uh, you, he doesn't fit in here. You don't need him or whatever, but I don't know. There's a lot to the, the, the dichotomy of personalities that this character has that, that I, that, that I like it's, you know,
1: all right, dumb fun, golden soup. I'm not wading into that pool. That's <laughs> the that's, that's, that's Uh Ranger Academy number three um, is a. You can check out my full review uh, on the site, but like this book is so fun. I mean, I Jim's a uh, Power Rangers fan as well, and like they do such a good job of taking all of the mythology and weaving it in and out, but like also making this book very much about the students and this new wave of characters with links to the past. You know, Billy's a teacher. All these other iconic things there's a great um scene where like he i i don't know if you're keeping up with the current ones but like yale is a professor doggy is a professor and like some of those others they, they, they do such a great job but it's a it's just a very fun uh, uh actually surprisingly emotional book about like loneliness and um destiny and all that kind of this stuff. this really so feels like it good. could be also a uh series. petrolhead uh, I know we raved about the first issue. Jim, did you feel like the second one delivered?
2: Uh yeah, well 100%. Like this is this is going to be to uh, my, uh, to me I think like sleeper hit book going into next year. Uh I love this book. I love everything exactly. about this book and um and more people should be picking it up and reading it not only is it gorgeous but like it's got a very fun story the world f- immediately feels lived in um and already begins to answer a lot of questions from issue one and so i think it's it's paced really well it looks freaking gorgeous and the story is awesome so why aren't you yeah reading
1: it is it? i this much very much has a sleeper vibe yep um speaking of sleeper vibes blunderick number one is our our final book has uh, it got it in studio I have it in <laughs> studio
2: this is this is a book that i look I'm not normally into like big like viking kind of story stuff um but and so like the the kind of the metalness of the logo and and all of that is truly kind of what what brought me in and uh there's a there's a, there's a great on the uh, the on the inside cover of this book um there's a great story from the creator, Andrew cranky, who like says, like, this is an idea that he had kind of years ago that he's, you know, trying to, was trying to figure out how to make happen and he's made it happen. And I, and I think it looks great. It is, um, I, I don't even know where to begin to have to even try to describe kind of what's going on, uh, in the book. But I really loved it, right? Like it's it's a story of um uh some some Viking dude who is out in the wilderness on his own, um and is basically like starving. There's a a, a thing throughout the book where uh you basically see um uh sound uh, sound effects of his stomach gurgling, uh in a sense, <laughs> and like, and you just see like as he's walking through different parts, um and like he finally is able to hunt something, gets it, and just like kind of goes into this rage uh in a sense um I, w- w- it's wonderfully weird is what i will say uh yeah. about it in a way that like i read it and like i said i don't really i'm not fully sure what happened in it but i'm definitely in for the second issue <laughs> and so like if a if a if a, say, if a book think- can do that it is it is worthy of my 4 bucks
1: So I was, I also love the weirdness of the first story, but I think the second story is what made, like, that's the one that sealed it for me. Sure. When he's literally just trying to shoot at a, was it a chicken? Yeah. It's like a, there's like a chicken that's hiding behind a tree and won't come out. And he's literally passing. He's so mad at this chicken that it won't come out behind (laughs) the tree that he's holding the bow for so long. His fingers are turning purple. (laughs) And like all these other animals, like deer and all this other, are just passing it by. But he's so pissed at the chicken, (laughs) and he won't do it and the end is like yeah great he killed the chicken the narrator is hilarious like the deadpan delivery (laughs) that one is the one that grabbed me so i think you should definitely read it this is really really weird and and cool and different uh but yeah but that's uh that's comics this week obviously you can check out uh more comics discussion on our flagship uh show and podcast on fridays uh but you know let us know what you want to see we're always trying to get as many books in here as we can obviously this week you can see that from every company across the board. Uh, We will continue to do that. And uh, until next time, peace.